you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. In the I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Welcome in. It's Tuesday, December 7th. We're continuing to plug away between the holidays here at In Between Media. My name's Seth Wilcock. I'm your regular host of the broadcast. Joined with me is Scott Rainier, holding it down out there in Seattle, one of my normal co-hosts. Jen and Nate Polvoet, our fearless couple on the show. They are off vacationing in Cancun this weekend. So we are proud to welcome special guest Dan Mother Effin Turner coming to us from Champions Round. Dan, you've been on the podcast a couple times, man. You're kind of becoming a regular here. Uh-huh. Why don't you reintroduce yourself to the in-between family out there and tell us a little bit about yourself and Champions Round? Absolutely. So uh, my name's Dan, you know, Eagle Dan FF on Twitter. I work for Champions Round. It's a micro uh, fantasy sports, basically what it is, we is instead of doing season longs or uh, DFS, we take like week seven to 12, for example, you choose your team and whoever has the most points at the end of the five weeks, you know, wins. We also have a, a seven stakes contest, which is basically like trivia. You know, it's a combination of uh, like over under like prop bets and, and fantasy. Uh, right now I'm writing three articles a week, a waiver article, uh, a buy sell, which it doesn't really matter anymore because the trade deadline's done, and then a weekly preview. And I also have a show with uh, Steffi Smalls uh, every day is draft day, which we just filmed today, actually. So yeah, busy. <laughs> I'm busy over there. <laughs> That's all fun. Absolutely, Dan. You're a busy man, but I appreciate you making time for us tonight. I actually had the pleasure of hosting you and your wife a couple weeks ago um, here in State College for a little uh, Penn State Rutgers game. That was a blast, man. That was awesome. I actually had something I was going to give you and Kate. In my car, and I forgot to give it to you, and I found it this other day. I was like, "God damn it!" And they're all that's like mail it to them now. It was right there. Well, man, I, I appreciate you being here with us tonight, Scott. How are you doing out there, man? Um, things got a little weird last night, guys. Let's be honest here. Um, mm-hmm. We saw three pass attempts from the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, and I have a feeling things are going to get a little weirder here. Um, we'll talk about it later in the show, but divisional games are coming up here. So things are about to get weird. Scott, how are you holding up, man? Week 14, playoffs are almost here. I'm I'm good, man. We've got our gray cloud that has descended in Seattle at this point. So it's a little it's a little, you know, a little bit of a bummer weather wise, um, until we get maybe some snow. But football wise, yeah, that was a that was a bizarre game yesterday. A lot of a lot of heartbreak I saw online. <laughs> For people that really didn't need many points from certain players and didn't get it, 
And I'm just kind of relieved we're getting to the playoffs now to where, you know, some of my lineups will not be quite as important. And, you know, the stress of what I need this and this and this and this to happen to make the playoffs will kind of dissipate. Mm-hmm. We can just focus on, on bringing home a trophy, mm-hmm. a champion's yeah. trophy. Or just don't make the playoffs at all, and then you don't have to worry about anything for the rest of the year. That's true. The Seahawks are going that route this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the fun thing about this time of year is now, like more than ever, we really have to put the name aside when it comes to fantasy football and NFL players because, you know, we're talking about household names like Sony Michelle, Devonta Freeman, you know, being fantasy relevant players again. And so it's a lot of fun. We're going to break it all down tonight in in the episode. We're going to throw a little feel-good lifestyle advice, as always, here on the show as well. We have our, our one of our newer segments, Front and Center, back in the day. We're bringing that back tonight. A uh, little Would You Rather and some Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. If you guys want to interact with us, head over to our YouTube channel, In Between Media. Um, you guys can then drop a comment, drop any questions you might have for us as well. Um, it's Now's the time. We have Dan here and not Nate. So uh, so now, now is the time, guys. You guys know where to find us by now. You can see our Twitter handles below the show. Everything we're doing over in between media content coming to you guys seven days a week. That's at IBT underscore media on the Twitter bird in between media.com. We just released a couple weeks ago our Between the Holidays series. Our first tips column came out this year. Uh, Dan, Scott, you guys were a part of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, that was, yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna have a little bit more fun here um, on Friday, December seventeenth, for a five-hour live stream, real in the holidays. Scott, I know you're pumped up for that, man. That's where it all started. It did. It, yeah, that was Scott's first live stream appearance. Uh, I can't promise a tight end club being founded from this show, but <laughs> I can promise a lot of fun in it, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into front and center. It's once again presented by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Yeah, it's a Monkey Knife Fight. Sponsor of In Between Media, we're super appreciative of that. You know, the go-to for daily fantasy sports. That's yes, sir. You can see you get a free five-dollar game, and if you use the promo code IBT, you get up to a hundred percent match for your first hundred dollars. So you could basically deposit a hundred bucks and get a, another hundred bucks on top of that. Um, all sorts of different daily fantasy sports. A lot of the stuff we cover here at In Between Media. You've got NASCAR. You've got golf. UFC fighting and obviously football. So if you haven't somehow checked out Monkey Knife Fight yet, go over and check it out. Again, use our use our promo code and get some free money, and then go make some money. Yes, sir. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. all right you got you guys know it's front and center here we're gonna just get into the fantasy meat of the discussion here Guys, in week 13, I think the headline really is, Arby's came and they played hero ball for our teams. This is a very, very uh, just important time in fantasy football seasons. And running backs showed up across the board here in week 13, starting with our guy, Javante Williams. 
there was a lot of hype for this rookie coming into week 13. No Melvin Gordon, of course, out with injury. And, I mean, guys, did he live up to expectations? 29.8 PPR points. Um, RB1 on the week, 23 for 102 on the ground, nine targets, six receptions, um, adds another 76 yards and one TD through the air. Dan, were you as impressed as I was? I was very impressed. You know, I, I, I poked a little fun at everyone because everyone was really hyped about, you know, Devonte, And it reminded me of, of what everyone was talking about when, with Kyle Pitts when he started the year where he was so hyped up and everyone was expecting, like, brilliance immediately. But Devonte actually delivered. I didn't – you know, I expected him to do uh, pretty well. I didn't expect, you know, overall, like, running back one. But, you know, he, he did it. He ended up you know, proving everyone that, that had him uh, right. So, you know, it's a really good uh, thing for his future, uh, depending on what uh, happens with Melvin Gordon, you know, and the Denver office going forward. But I was really impressed with with how he played, and he's definitely in the conversation now, uh, especially with, like, all the, the more like well-named, like, Kamara and the McCaffreys, they're getting hurt and they're getting older. You can see, you know, Javante slide into the, the top half of the first round next year. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. So, overall, Scott, do you think there's any implications – for the rest of this season? Like, does this move Javante Williams up in weekly rankings, do you think? Is he a must-start for the rest of the season? I'm a little torn on this. I mean, I want to say, yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing about Javante Williams this week was it was actually one of those rare circumstances where, I mean, there was an insane amount of hype, an insane amount of hype, and then he met it, and it happened. You know, it's like it's not much to say. But um, the thing is, is Gordon's likely back this week, I think. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't see them all of a sudden just shifting to one primary back. It might even the table a little bit between those two in the timeshare. But I mean, it was already fairly close to 50-50. Um, I mean, we could all see this potential in, you know, his half of the touches so far this season. We saw flashes on some catches. We saw he's a guy you just you can't bring down. But I mean, as much as as fantasy people, we want Javante Williams handed the keys to the city. I mean, Melvin Gordon has not been bad this year. He has been yeah. also been very good. Um, and he just got hurt. So yeah, the idea that Denver's all of a sudden going to be like, well, our lead back got hurt. So now let's shift to a primary back. I just don't see it happening. So I don't, is he a must start? I mean, I can't, I can't imagine not starting them the way they run the ball. Lions Gordon back. Lions, Bengals, Raiders coming up for for them, the Denver Broncos as well. Yeah. So it, it, I think I think you are playing him here at least in Week 14, and mm-hmm. then you can make your decision based on on what what I think he does in Week 14. Because I am expecting Melvin Gordon to probably suit up here on Sunday. Guys, in, in addition to Javante Williams, we also saw um, the return of Antonio Gibson. Um, it's been great to see what Gibson has done this season towards the end of it. Um, three of his last four games, he's now into 20 PPR point territory. And without JD McKissick, guys, he goes for 22.1 PPR points, five for 23 through the air. Who knew this guy could catch, right? Um, no, but it's awesome to see. I think this is one of those things that's sticky, guys. I mean, we saw a running back like David Montgomery get get heated up towards the end of last year, and he just kept rolling, and he won a lot of people chips. Like, I think now Gibson is back in the low-end RB1 category. Um, does anyone disagree with that? I don't. Um, I mean, 
you know, the thing with Gibson earlier in the year, it's obviously been his lack of receiving work capping his ceiling, but then he also had the, you know, the, the stress fracture in his leg that he was playing through. And the thinking was, you know, the bye would help, but it wouldn't likely be enough time for him to completely heal. But, I mean, this this hotness by both him and the Washington football team in general has all been since the bye. So, of course, McKissick getting hurt um, influences his target share out of the backfield. Um, but he was already starting to see more targets and catches with McKissick healthy. Um, you know, he's been, the, I think he's been the running back eight since that, since the bye. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is the Washington football team is also on a four game winning streak. So these game scripts have been more favoring Antonio Gibson getting the 30 plus yeah. touches he's been getting the last two games. Um, my concerns with Gibson is his upcoming schedule. He's got, his next four games are Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, who are both top five uh, in fantasy points allowed to the running back and to pass catching running backs. So it's a pretty brutal schedule. But I like what I see. And I mean, he's one of those guys at this point in the season, you're not benching him. Dan, you're, you're, you're someone who follows the NFC East probably more yeah. than most analysts, considering that's where your team plays. And uh, your wife's also a Giants fan as well. So. Yeah. So, um, what what do you see for Gibson coming up? Because obviously he's RB eleven now on the season after all season long on this podcast, including we've been worried about him, and now he's kind of vaulted back into the discussion. But like Scott said, he has this kind of you know tough schedule coming up. Yeah, I think that uh, Scott made a good point. You know, he he coincided pretty much with with McKissick, you know, being being hurt. And he, and to his credit, he totally took advantage of, of that situation. But he has a, a brutal schedule coming up, but I'm still starting him. I mean, at, at this point in the season, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in some leagues where I have to decide between Rex Burghead and Dontrell Hilliard. So, of yeah. course, I'm going to start, you know, you're going to start Antonio Gibson if, you, if, you, if you've got him, if it's gotten to that point. Uh, but I, I don't think that he's going to have those, uh, those huge numbers that we've come to expect the past couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think he's going to have like the numbers he had like you know in, in weeks like six through eight where he was averaging like five points a game either. I think you know he'll be a, a nice dependable back, probably get somewhere between you know thirteen and fifteen points a game. And at this point in the season, that's that's a pretty good thing to 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 have right now that consistency. So you know I'm definitely starting him. I don't expect him to be as good as he uh, he was. I, I do. I'm surprised that Washington is as good now as it's, it's yeah it has been, especially with the the kind of uh, middle of the season that they had, I uh, you know, but that, that's credit to them. You know, they, they, they turned it around, you know, he's playing really well. So if I have him, I'm absolutely starting him, and, you know, hoping for that, for that uh, home run thing. Yeah. And, you know, we saw this last year at Washington too, guys, that they, they kind of came on strong at the end of the season. They sealed the division. We'll see how it plays out here. Um, last running back. I want to want to touch on that did play some hero ball here in week 13 was none other than our guy here. Um, at in between media, kind of becoming part of our brand, if you would. David Montgomery, welcome back, man. Welcome back for David Montgomery. Twenty-one for ninety on the ground, and eight. The, the thing I've talked about in recent weeks, um, I, I remember talking with Connor, our DFS guy. Um, the reason he was so low priced, it seemed like on DraftKings recently, was because he wasn't getting that passing work. Um, it, it was like one or two receptions he was averaging a game. Comes into here eight for ninety um, through the air, um, or excuse me, sorry, eight, eight of nine, four fifty one. But overall, just a great day for Dave Montgomery. Um, 
are you like obviously we're starting him that's not the question here but can we expect rb1 numbers for the rest of the way I, I think he's going to get hot again like he did last season. And we, we I think he, yeah, I think on the flip side, the Bears have one of the best running back schedules in the fantasy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, comparing to the two the two aforementioned running backs, you know, all three of these running backs we're talking about have succeeded in part due to an injury to another player, you know, with Melvin Gordon, with J.D. McKissick, and in this case, Tariq Cohen not being, not being healthy yet. So as far as these three go, I think Montgomery has the clearest path to maintaining that dominance on the backfield because I don't think Tariq Cohen's coming back. It's still, I mean, the, the coach speak about it is still very hazy. Like, oh, he's working, he's yeah every day, he's at all the meetings. But I don't think he's coming back. And he had nine targets in this past game. Why would they at this point? Why would they yeah. risk him? And yeah, it, so I, think, I think he's a running back one just because he's, he's going to dominate that opportunity share. Well, do you think this game reminded them of how good of hands he really has? Because, like, that's the one thing I've been just absolutely floored about is that that they haven't thrown the ball all season. And despite his health, I mean, that was a different question. But, Dan, are you expecting RB1 numbers, Monty, rest of the way? Absolutely. Even just on on, on opportunity alone, he's going to get that that volume that makes him RB1. Uh, And then, like Scott touched on, like, when you look at his schedule, especially in, like, the – the, the weeks that most fantasy championships are going to be played in. He has fantastic. He has Seattle and, and, uh, and New York, the giants, uh, who are two, oh, of the, baby. <laughs> who are two of the, 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 the worst uh, run uh, defenders <laughs> in, in, you know, in the league in terms of fantasy. Uh, so, you know, if you have, you know, he, he didn't have a couple of good weeks there, but you know, the rest of the way I expect him to, to, you know, be really, really good. I expect him to get as hot as he did last year uh, and, and carry some people to a, to a title. Man, that's what I need to hear, boys. I appreciate that because because I I have Monty probably on about four or five different playoff rosters heading into it. So we'll see what I, happens. I'm not, I'm not sure Andy Dalton can throw it farther than the running back <laughs> in the flat. So right, <laughs> I mean they're down on options right now. A Rob still isn't healthy. Marquise Goodwin banged up a little bit. Outside of Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, there's not a lot of options for him out there. Guys, moving forward to um, we do have some injuries to talk about that did. A, happen here in week 13 unfortunately um miles sanders goes back down with another injury it's unclear when he will return adam thielen um high ankle sprain for adam thielen um we don't really know know what his status is he's probably definitely not playing this week playing on thursday night against steelers logan thomas he goes down to what initially looked like an acl mcl tear but reports came back today that there was not a tear on the acl we don't know the significance of this injury I mean, Logan Thomas was our sure thing sleeper of the week last week. I mean, he's a stud. The guy's an awesome dude. I mean, caught a touchdown, looked awesome. Like, that was a pretty devastating injury, honestly, just from a personal standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything sadder than waiting, you know, weeks and weeks for these players to come back from injury, and then they just immediately get hurt again. It's just – especially somebody like Logan Thomas who came out of nowhere last year. Yeah, that – that toe tap mm. touchdown was—he's an athlete. He's an athlete, and even Miles Sanders a little bit too. I mean, this guy is so talented, and it seems like like this what he was having a great game, his best game of the season all year long. Goes down to injury, and I mean now he's getting that label, and, and I, I think it is too too early to label him injury prone. Um, but 
We'll see what can happen with Miles Sanders. We don't know the extent of that. Dan, have you heard anything being plugged into um, Philadelphia circles on status of him? Uh, no, they're going to give because our, our bye week is this week, so they're going to give him you know time to rest. You know, he he really he pretty much reactivated the the, the injury he had before the ankle injury he had previously in that game. So, I mean, in all fairness, we probably shouldn't have played him. But the fact that, you know, Howard was also hurt and he pretty much left with, with Gainwell and uh, Boston Scott. But I think that, you know, once the, the, the bye week comes and he gets time to heal, I think he should be uh, okay to go uh, once we uh, come back in, in two weeks against Washington. That's th- that's good to hear because I have heard, like, rumors that he it could be season-ending. We don't know yet. Guys, as far as waiver priorities, people are going to be picking up players tonight, um, possibly tomorrow as well after uh, waivers run. Who are we prioritizing here in the Eagles' backfield? Boston Scott has looked like probably the best option at times outside of Miles Sanders, but Jordan Howard's looked good. He's expected to possibly return after the bye as well. And then Kenny Gainwell comes back out, you know, goes over 15 PPR points once again. Dan, I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you, man. Being our Eagles insider here, who's worth a pickup here that we can actually start if we're in playoff contention? So my heart wants to say uh, Gainwell. I think he's the, the most talented. The remaining guys that aren't Sanders, he has that uh, the pass catching ability, and when he's been given the opportunity, you know he he, he can you know turn that that little run into a long game like we saw against the Jets. But I think the way the Eagles are 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 playing, um, especially against like division opponents, I would go with Jordan Howard. I think he fits more of the kind of running style that uh, they want to uh, deploy. Uh, when he gets healthy, I would I would go for for him more over over mm-hmm. Gainwell or Scott. Scott, are you in that camp as well? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a messy backfield if everybody's healthy. Uh, it's just too bad about Miles Sanders because he twenty four carries was a career high for him in a game. Yeah, which I thought that was kind of crazy, but then I looked and it was true. Um, you know, one hundred twenty yards. You know, I mean, I, I was, I've always been a Miles Sanders guy. I, I think in the offseason wrote something like if he just gets the usage. But what's frustrating is even when he gets healthy, I mean, he got 24 carries, 120 yards, and he got hurt. So are they going to give him 24 carries again? Probably not. Um, so it's it's pretty muddled. But Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard actually looked pretty good before he also got hurt. He actually looked better than I was expecting someone named Jordan Howard to look. Um, and he's their goal line guy. So – my heart also wants Kenneth Gainwell. We've talked about, I've talked about Kenneth Gainwell all season. Um, I'm just not – I don't see myself putting him in my lineups in a playoff game. I mean, it's typically for him to get the actual fantasy output, it's taken a touchdown. Um, he just doesn't get the volume. I mean, I like what the future holds for Kenneth Gainwell because I agree. I think he's really talented. But I'll take – if I have to choose right now, it's Jordan Howard. You know it- – I don't want to go on a tangent here, but like I, I know I've kind of like started to become a little bit of a Devonta Freeman stand out there. But like Jordan Howard, like that man does not get enough respect. Like he was a good running back for the Bears for years. I mean, what happened when he went to Philadelphia and Miami? It wasn't great, but I mean, he even had a couple big games for the Eagles back in 2019. So I just don't think Jordan Howard gets enough respect in the NFL. I guess I'll probably lean with you guys, but I mean, the good thing about this backfield is with the buy coming up, they're not going to be, you probably don't need to drop a high waiver claim priority. You don't need to drop a lot of your fab, but they're a guy, if you need someone to play in week 15, I don't think I have the confidence to start one of them in week 15 with the playoff starting, but 
they are an option. So keep them in mind there. Guys, as far as it looks like the hottest wide receiver on the on the waivers is going to be KJ Osborne this week. Are you guys comfortable sp- spending up for KJ Osborne in in relief of Adam Thielen? I have I'll be honest, I have a lot of that Osborne stuck away in some dynasty leagues, but but not so much redrafts anymore. I kind of cut bait 4 or 5 weeks ago now. I'm going to talk about Osborne a little bit later. I have him but- another segment. <laughs> uh, well, for me, uh, I would I would spend. Uh, I mean, they, you gotta throw someone that isn't Justin Jefferson, and when he's yeah. given the opportunity, he has you know produced yeah. pretty well. Obviously, he's not you know going to replicate exactly Adam, Adam Dillon's numbers, but he's shown that he can you know do uh, a good job if he's given uh, some some targets. So I'm not gonna go crazy over him. You know, I'm not gonna like dump everything, but you know if he's out there. Uh, you know, I'll put in a, a bid for him and see. Uh, it also depends on what on what kind of roster you have, too, obviously. You know, if you have a bunch of healthy receivers, you know, don't really bother to save your fab or something. Like yeah. that. But, you know, if you're hurt and, you're, and you have, <laughs> your, your team is decimated with receivers, then, then, yeah, go for it. You know, pick him up and see see what he can do. Yeah. You, you know, I, I have a couple of rosters that are in playoff contention out there. And, like, there's there may be a two-flex league, and you know, I'm throwing out my pick of maybe Adrian Peterson or Tim Patrick. So I think at this point, KJ Osborne sounds pretty good. He's a talented wide receiver. I think he's the best wide receiver three they've had there in Minnesota in at least a couple years. Guys, last one I want to touch on, Ricky Seals-Jones. I I think if you do need a tight end play, he was pretty good earlier in the season. Um, I I think he can replicate not Logan Thomas-type numbers, but I think he can still be a a really decent fill-in if you are hurting. Yeah, I mean – I looked at his numbers. He he had a few he had a few pretty good games. I mean, he's just kind of in that same group with a bunch of tight end dart throws. Yeah. But what what I think is a little bit different with him is if you were relying on Logan Thomas, then you are probably not in the playoffs because he's been hurt, right? Yeah. So as far as replacing Logan Thomas, you probably already took care of that weeks ago. Um, so I mean, if you're hurting at tight end, he does he does jump into a little bit more opportunity. But to me, nothing beyond just a, a dart throw at tight end. I think Tyler Conklin's wor- worth a little bit of a look, too. He's been solid all season long. And now with no Adam Thielen, I think Kirk Cousins could target him a little bit more here. Um, guys, just want to round out front and center. Are there any other winners and losers that you guys really think stuck out to you here in Week 13? Uh, a lot of more is a winner, I think. I think with the injury to uh, Corey Davis and him being out, for the year it's pretty much you know more is definitely the number one there now and yeah. you know even in the, in the i mean the eagles for frankly just could not stop him like the first couple of drives in the game like he literally like owned our defense uh so the fact that you know uh the um, the quarterback is is comfortable throwing to him you know if you have him you know he, he could win you you know a couple of games in the playoffs he's, he's that good and with that t- that kind of target share he's going to get you know i wouldn't be surprised if, if he a couple people a title that's kind of a good uh, that's a good one dan i didn't even really think about elijah Moore, but he has come on really strong kind of reminds me of like brandon Ayuk towards the end of 2020 brandon Ayuk got me to a lot of championships i, I don't I, I i don't know if he shit the bed in the championship or what it was but i don't think he had a great championship week but um he definitely got me there in a couple places mm-hmm. so i i like that one scott any other winners or losers for you here in week 13 um, a quick winner for me is Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Harris, it's a hamstring injury. Yes. Inexplicably, 
Patriots put him back out for one rush and just reheard it. Like, I don't know what that was about. Anyway, um, so, I mean, Damian Harris could be back next week or this could linger. And Steven, they've already shown a confidence in giving Stevenson, obviously, a full workload with their wishbone student body left running offense yesterday. That ran five <laughs> yeah. But real quick, I'm going to jump to losers. Broncos pass catchers. Um, I have quite a bit of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on my teams. And yeah. I cannot, I don't think they're startable at this point. Neither is Tim, uh, Tim Patrick isn't either anymore. I don't think they have been startable for, you know, I think Cortland Sutton just a little bit on name value, but I've had him on my bench for weeks without even thinking about starting him. Last week, last week was the last week where I actually had G Judy and somebody else as a decision. Elijah Moore, and luckily I chose Elijah Moore. But I don't know if you can start Judy either. Just they no. are not reliable. I'm avoiding Denver at all costs outside Javante Williams, and if I need Melvin Gordon in some lineups as well. But I'm with you there. Tim Patrick has been awful in a couple of leagues. I don't think he's seen uh, double digits at, maybe in one of his last four games. Cortland Sutton's right in that too. Um, so good call on that. The last one I want to highlight here, a winner. I sound like a broken record at this point, guys, but Devonta Freeman, like can we get this man some respect? Like – Man has been RB10 since his week, since coming back from the bye in week eight. So since week nine, he's been an RB1. Comes out here, 20.7 PPR points. He's averaging over four targets per game. Like, he looks good, man. Like, like at times, like, Lamar Jackson has looked shoddy these last couple weeks. But I really think Devonta Freeman, like, he's a, a mid to high-end RB2 going forward. Dan, I was actually tuning into your show earlier today, and I asked you and Steffi, who would you play out of Aaron Jones and Devonta Freeman this week? Mm -hmm. I have that decision to make in my home league mm -hmm. as well as in Scott Fishbowl this week, and I think I'm rolling Freeman. Um, your co-host advised me I was right. You told me to go the other way around. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I said uh, back in my, my show, it depends on, on, on Jones's health. I mean, if he's healthy, I mean, I can't. As, as good as Freeman has played, I, I have to go with with like the 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 guy that, that got me there kind of thing. Not to saying that you know that Freeman doesn't deserve it, but it, but if Jones is like questionable with any kind of injury, then I'm 100% going Freeman. Yeah, uh, Freeman's healthy. You know, he's he's had some great weeks. Um, I just I really am concerned about Jones's knee. Uh, but if that cleared, I, I'm okay with starting him. But I I could see why you would want to start. Uh, Freeman over. I wouldn't like, you know, yell and scream and someone start Freeman over Jones. I, I get it. Uh, but for me personally, I would, I would, I would go Jones mm -hmm. if he's healthy again. Scott, rest of season. Are you vibing with me, bro? That Devonta Freeman is the RB two. I think he is the rest of the way. I mean, with the current running back landscape, yes. I mean, Let's go, I baby. was able to, I was able to pick him up in a few leagues. You know, because it's like. You know, let, let's let's say it was Latavius Murray doing this instead of Devontae Freeman. It'd be the same thing where it's like, eh, I'm not going to pick him up. It's Devontae Freeman, you know? He's 100 years old. But I was able to snatch him up in a few leagues before he turned consistent. And, yeah, like I said, with with the injuries we've had at running back this whole season, to have to have somebody getting that kind of workload on that type of offense um, is, is valuable. As far as Aaron Jones, I mean, that's saying a lot because, Seth, you've been the highest on Aaron Jones, I think. Since yeah. 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 I, I have the same concerns with Aaron Jones. And, I mean, injury aside, I mean, who's to say this isn't 
steering more towards a Denver type situation with AJ Dillon. I mean, he's he's shown he can he can handle the load too. So, but if you were asking me point blank if Aaron Jones is if if he is active, I'm starting him over Freeman. We'll see what I do. I'll keep you guys updated. I'll keep you updated on the. I get a lot of stuff wrong, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is a great discussion here on Front and Center. Let's go ahead and get into Back in the Day, which is presented by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. If you guys have not played Underdog Fantasy this season, I highly suggest you do it. You can join now, use the promo code IBT, and you're going to get 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. That's just good economics, baby. Just good economics. So check them out if you want to play some pick and parlays. We're always highlighting the pick and parlays on our DFS tailgate show on Sunday mornings. Um, they also have weekly drafts. And right after the season ends, if you want to play some best ball, get ready for 2022. They have those as well. So use that promo code IBT. Check out Underdog Fantasy, guys. Um, let's go ahead and get into some back in the day. They make them like this way back in the day. I took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. How far we came. Never forget how far we came. How far we came. Remember how it was way back in the day. So back in the day, guys, this is our, our our way of kind of reflecting a little bit on previous seasons and what we can learn heading into this season, specifically now the playoff stretch here. And I want to highlight, guys, um, just something I saw a couple of years ago with a Miami wide receiver that I think could translate here to 2021. Scott, you highlighted earlier this week in a column, Jalen Waddle. He's a wide receiver one on the season. I missed it. You missed it. I think we both admitted that. We did not see this coming. Um, but but if we look a couple years ago, maybe we sh- should have. Devonta, or Devontae Parker was a beast in 2019. Um, he was the wide receiver for week six through 13. And he was the wide receiver seven in the playoffs. So my point of referencing this remarkable season by Devontae Parker, who was really the pickup of the year in 2019, um, I, I think it's more to reference that I think this is Brian Flores' system. Yes, I think Fitzpatrick has something to do with targeting the number one wide receiver. But, I mean, the amount of targets Jalen Waddle has gotten this season is uncanny. The routes ran or is number one in the league. Um, I just think that my advice here, don't question Jalen Waddle. You're starting him, and I think you can expect high-end wide receiver two numbers the rest of the way and maybe a potential league winner. Yeah, I mean, I – had a lot of fun writing about him in the column. Um, now I will, I will clarify that, you know, this, this kind of outlook model is significantly more on the PPR side of things. Oh yeah. Uh, he's, not a, he's not a, he's not a giant touchdown scorer. And he's actually, I mean, his yards, yards for catches is, is pretty low. It's a sub 10 yards. Um, but just the consistencies he's shown as a rookie. And I mean, the whole positive touch, touchdown regression. You know, if you look historically at touchdowns per target over time, he's due for some touchdowns. 
Um, and he has good chemistry with Tua. Um, they're also a really hot team right now, just like the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's just he's done it. I mean, it was a little, you know kind of touchdown in week one, his inaugural game, and then he had a few quiet weeks, and then he had like a 13 target game early in the season, and he has not looked back since. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he's must start. Ride the way, baby, Dan. I I agree with uh with Scott on uh on his advice there. Uh, for me, um, for uh, a trend, it's to look at, at, at teams that are on a play up playoff contention. Um, I actually wrote an article a couple of weeks ago with uh with the help of Scott. Scott does really great uh, data dumps on on Twitter. So if you haven't seen those, go check them out. They're awesome. So yes, I use them. In a, I use them in a, in a couple of articles and just see the what kind of a what kind of uh, schedule your your uh, the teams have going into your fantasy playoffs and where they are, you know, in, in standing in the real NFL. So you have these guys, that, you know, if the, the Lions, if they shut down Swift because they're obviously out, they're not going to play them the rest of the year. And go look at the, their backups. Go look at the, some guys that aren't that haven't played it that much all year that teams could end up starting uh, in the couple, last couple of weeks of the season, especially with the with the extra week. You know, good, there's yeah. no reason to, to put, you know, extra trade on these guys' tires when so many of them have been hurt already all year. So be sure to go and, and look at the in those schedules and see, you know, maybe they have a, a really good good matchup on, uh, on a big-name running back that isn't going to play and maybe get it, uh, go and grab his backup that might be on the waiver wire. Love it. Love it. Scott, is there anything else that, that we should be aware of, recent trends or a- anything playoff-related that, that we should be aware of heading into – week 14 here first of all my daughters are on the other side of this wall so i apologize for any noise um get ready for bed no um so yeah i just just a few things uh one you know if you're playing with a fab system um you don't get to carry fab over to the next year so like for instance if somebody like Ramondi stevenson is somehow on your waiver wire somebody got impatient with the weird healthy scratches and all that kind of stuff now is the time to empty your fab there is nothing to save it for. The playoffs are coming. If there is any potential, um, any potential value or somebody that can help you win playoff games, you unload Fab now for that player. Um, secondly, I mentioned earlier we talked about Antonio Gibson's upcoming schedule: Dallas, Philly, Dallas, who are you know have been very good as far as giving up very few points for running backs. But also keep in mind that for some reason the, the NFL scheduled the NFC East to only play each other for like the last six weeks of the season. It's crazy. I, I checked the other the other conferences, the other divisions, and it's not really like that. But I mean, they just play each other. So the other thing to keep in mind is don't get too cute with that kind of thing. Don't sit Antonio Gibson because of his matchup. Because whatever has happened throughout the course of the year, the divisional games don't follow rules. They don't follow trends. Things happen in divisional games, especially the NFC East and the NFC in general, where the Lions, the Seahawks, the Bears, and the Giants, those are the only four teams that are not in playoff contention. Everybody else is in playoff contention. Wow. Really? So, yeah, there's so many teams at five and seven, six and six. Right. So the NFC, the, the, for um, basically, I'm talking like for the second wild card. I mean, the Rams pretty well have the first wild card locked up. Um, or how many wild cards are there nowadays? Anyway. Um, so it's it's going to be really fun for one to watch these this last month, but oh, yeah. keep, keep that in mind. Like, you know, use the stats and speculate as much as you can. But you know, somebody like Antonio Gibson, he could go off against the Cowboys. Who knows? Interdivision games. 
Shit might hit the fan is what Scott's trying to tell you. Shit might hit the fan, so be prepared it's for it. It's so much fun to watch. It is, guys. I'm, I'm super excited. We're going to specifically focus here on week 14 a little more when we get into our sure thing sleepers of the week. Just on the other side of our ad read, guys, I want to talk about Stevens Quality Barbering Services. If you've listened to this podcast at all this season, I've been talking about it all year long, guys. I've been going to Noah for seven plus years. He has hooked me up, kept me fresh when I need to get you know trimmed up for whatever event I have coming up or whether I just want to be good looking for the podcast, guys. So uh, if you want a quality haircut, quality conversation at a quality price and just an overall quality experience, head over to stevens-quality.genbook.com to book an appointment today if you're in central or western Pennsylvania. Noah's going to get hooked up, baby. All right, and let's go ahead and hop into some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All righty, all righty. I need some some Sure back in my life. Dan, you're the man. You live right near the shore, you know, 10 or so minutes away. So I feel like it'd be rude if anyone else went first. Um, since you've seen the ocean lately, my friend, who is your sure thing in the sleeper of the week? Week 14, so it's oh so critical. They will hunt you down if you get it wrong. Well, yeah, so now you told them all where I live. So <laughs> they can look at me now. I'm gonna go with, it's a little bit of a deeper one. I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds, Detroit. Uh, you know, he, he signed there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but every single uh, week, he's gotten better. You know, he's gotten from three targets to five targets to seven targets. He's playing over 80% uh, snap share every game. Uh, you know, he's running more routes. He's getting more receptions. Uh, there really isn't, you know, uh, established hierarchy of, of uh, receivers in, in Detroit. And he has, uh, you know, some past with Jared Goff from their time with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking, if you're hurting in, in, uh, in receivers and you're – the waiver wire is kind of dry, you know, and he's sitting out there uh, where he is in majority of leagues, you know, go step him up. You know, he could be a decent uh, a flex play for you if you need someone like that. I like that. I honestly didn't even consider, like, I've seen Josh Reynolds take off the last couple of weeks. Thanksgiving was the first we kind of saw of it. But I like that, honestly. The leagues I'm playing Tim Patrick and I might be pivoting to Josh Reynolds. I like that, Dan. I like that. Thank you. Scott, am I going to like yours just as much, buddy? I don't know. Mine was Tim Patrick two weeks ago. So. <laughs> I don't know if I've gotten one of these right at all, but whatever. So the reason I held my tongue a little bit earlier when we were talking about Thielen is because my short thing sleeper is KJ Osborne. Um, so Thielen's out, high ankle sprain. The last I read was he might come back maybe late in the fantasy playoffs. So yeah. I'm expecting um, Thielen to be out for a little bit of time. Um, and KJ Osborne is one of those scenarios where if you are the feeling owner, um, you likely could be in playoff contention. You know, a lot of times it's like, oh, if you were relying on that guy, then you probably are. Well, if you had a feeling on your team, you could very well be in playoff contention. Even a wide receiver, and, for sure. Um, I'm careful to use vacated targets because it's a little bit hard to read uh, yeah. what that actually leads to. But so we'll just talk about vacated snaps because Adam Thielen was the uh, league leader wide receivers in snap percentage. Really. Yeah, he went oh as far as the top 36 wide receivers, at least. He, oh was, he was the top dog at, at 96%. Um, so, I, you know, obviously I don't think KJ Osborne is just going to slide in 
and play 96% of the snaps. They have other receivers. They'll cycle people in. But I think he's the next man up, and he's shown in a couple of games. I mean, week one, nine targets, seven catches. Um, he's had three touchdowns on the year, the touchdown last week. Um, so, and I think he's also one of those guys who I think will be good this week and who is somebody to pick up to potentially play beyond this week as well. Um, just because I don't think Thielen's coming back for at least a couple of weeks. So, and I mean, the Vikings, I mean, they, one of the most pass, pass happy teams in the league. They're, they're close, close to a 60, 40 run pass, pass run ratio. Um, Cousins wings the ball all over the place. So I just, I like the, I like the opportunity he's going to step into. And it also makes me think, I sure wish Irv Smith Jr. was healthy. Well, no, no, no big Irv for you, Scott, but I think KJ Osborne will do this week. I, I definitely think he's an interesting flex play this week, as well as a good pickup for the rest of the season. My sure thing sleeper of the week heading into week 14, the oh-so-pivotal week 14, as they call it, Donta Foreman. No, not Devontae Freeman. I know you, you heard a D and an F out of me. You might have been thinking I was talking about Devonta Freeman, but no, I'm talking about Foreman, baby. Um, I mean, it hasn't been great so far for him this season, but you know he hasn't hit that double-digit plateau yet um, as far as PPR points goes. But last time we saw him, 19 for 109 on the ground, 49% of the snaps. It really seems like he's in a true 50-50 split with Dontrell Hilliard. Hilliard, yes, I think is probably the more explosive back. But this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where you know Tennessee is just going to get up and kind of pound the ball down their throat, I really think the Jack. I mean, we've seen how bad the Jags are against the running back. They're bottom eight the last two and four weeks, whatever way you want to look at it. They're bad against the running back. Um, last week, Sony Michelle, he had over 100 yards and a TD. Two weeks ago, Cordell Patterson had over 100 yards and two TDs. So, so this is an exploitable Jags rushing defense. And I think our guy, Dante Foreman, I think he's worth a flex play this week, maybe even RB2 if you need him. Yeah, I like that call. I remember he was one of those guys a few years back where I was like, okay, I'm stashing him now. He's just one right. of the fans that – Sticks right. out in my head. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he was over 100 yards in his last game against the Patriots, who have been yeah. pretty stingy against running backs the last five weeks. Um, I, I mean, I think both him and Hilliard are startable. It's, it's really weird to say. I mean, you know, picture, picture pre-draft discussions 2021. <laughs> like, so what do you think the split between Donta Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard is going to be in week 14? Like, come we on. made those people up. They, they're not real. <laughs> yeah, that kind of <laughs> We're living in the past. So, no, I think that's a, I think that's a great one. He's just he's another one of those running backs where it's like he's going to get some volume. He's shown flashes. Um, he'll likely be the goal line guy. Um, so, yeah, I like him. He, like he also ball. wears a single digit. I think the RBs who've been wearing single digits this year – aside from Adrian Peterson on the Titans, have been really good, man. Like, James Conner, number six, like, the man has been unleashed. Um, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Yep. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, the seven, man. It looks good. I I, well, I love the single digits. Peterson had seven rushes for 16 yards with the Seahawks <laughs> last week. Don't, don't yes, sir. And then he got You're in win-now mode, though, Scott. Seattle's mm-hmm. in win-now mode, baby. Sure. Guys, let's go ahead and round out the show with our final segment, Would You Rather? 
guys have played at home i hope hope you've played the game would you rather before um even if it's just like childhood sleepover before you go to bed would you rather you know how it goes guys i'm gonna ask a series of questions here fantasy and or lifestyle related and then you guys give me your answer which would you rather want to start with would you rather rest of season have tj hawkinson or darren waller so far this season, TJ Hawkinson is the tight end three in PPR leagues. Darren Waller is the tight end seven in PPR leagues. However, Waller is averaging about 0.8 more of a PPR point per game. However, he is banged up. Upcoming schedule for the Raiders isn't super sexy. Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts. And on the other end of it for Hawkinson, you get a little bit better of a schedule, I believe. Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle. Scott, I'm going to start with you, man. You've heard my TJ Hawkinson love all season long, man. Um, rest of season, let's get down to business. Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson? So this is a tough one. They're pretty close because, yeah, in points per game, I think it's Waller at four and Hawk at five. Um, I think my answer is this. If they were both healthy, it would be Waller. But current, current conditions, I'm choosing Hawkinson. Um, Waller was – Week to week, now he's been moved up to day to day. It's a little, it's a little fuzzy with how hurt he actually is. Um, so if I had to choose today, I'm choosing Hawk. You know, he found the end zone again recently. He's found the end zone a couple different times. I think Jared Goff finally remembered he was there. Um, <laughs> I mean, they put up, they really they put up similar numbers, similar targets per game. You know, similar similar PPR points uh, per game. Both both so, big, big like swings too, like both bit like you know they'll go anywhere from fifteen targets a game all the way down to you know four targets. Yeah, a game. but if both healthy, I'm taking Waller. If they're both healthy, I give the edge to Waller just because he's on a better offense. Fair, Dan. Rest of season, Hawk or Waller? Uh, I agree with Scott. I mean, uh, personally, I have to take a huge L on Hawkinson. I thought before the year I wasn't that high on him uh, compared to everyone else, and I was dead wrong. <laughs> I didn't think that uh, being the focal point of, of Detroit without uh, many uh, great receiving options uh, around him, he wasn't going to do as well as he has, but uh, I was incorrect. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, like both were healthy. Uh, like Scott said, I, I probably lean Waller. Um, but but Hawkinson has, has, has proven to be, you know, the guy in, in, in Detroit. Uh, and they have a, a decent schedule and a really good matchup in the, in the fantasy championship. So I'm going to roll with, uh, with Hawkinson. This ain't no make-believe land. We can't say if if they're healthy. No, baby, it's Hawkinson. Let's go, um, guys. Ne- next question for you. I know the rules. And, and Scott, I know I've heard your your worst uh, worst fantasy loss ever. I have a couple heartbreaking ones as well. Um, would you guys rather be able to go back in time and redo your worst fantasy playoff or championship loss, or would you rather go back to your most embarrassing moment? in high school or college and redo it so that didn't happen. Um, Scott, what do you got, man? 
the the fantasy decision. No, <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever. I mean, I'd have to, as far as embarrassing moments in high school and college, I'd have to pick from quite a few. <laughs> I really wouldn't tip the scales too much. But my worst fantasy decision, I still think about. Yeah. And because uh, it involved Tim starting Tim Tebow, and I'll just never, I'll never get over it. I'll just never get over it. So I'm choosing that if I if I if I had a flex capacitor. Danny boy. Uh, it's definitely the, the fantasy decision. Uh, the fantasy decision is it was in my uh, my original uh, dynasty league. We had IDP, and I it was undefeated for the year because I had drafted uh, McCaffrey, Hunt, and Camara when they were rookies. Oh, all three of them. So I was just I was crushing the league. I was crushing it. Uh, but then in the finals, um, I lost by two points because I played Justin Reed over Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson scored five more points. Would have I would have won an undefeated season if I just flip flopped them. And they were both on the Texans at the time, so it was really just an either or. And Reed had been killing it all year, so yeah, oh. that, I will never live that down in my real, life. Yeah, real quick, I want to in case people haven't heard the story, might as well. So my the, real real quick. Um, so yeah, yeah. it was it was a week eighteen championship, which or week seventeen championship was the first problem, but it was one of my first championships, and it was the year Matt Flynn. He played the last game in Green Bay when Rogers sat, and he threw like seven touchdowns. So mm -hmm. I had Matt Flynn and I had Tim Tebow on my team to start in the championship game, and Tebow had been doing his best, dare I say, Jalen Hurts type scoring for the last like months where he wasn't really getting a lot of passing and not, not in a disrespectful way. He wasn't getting a lot of passing points, but he was doing it with his legs. So I chose Tim Tebow. Um, meanwhile, Matt Flynn scored 48 points. Tim Tebow scored zero points, exactly zero. And I lost by five. Uh, it was, just, it was uh, just the worst you could possibly imagine. We both lost by the same score, five points. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a loss. I'll never forget. It was a Ahmad Bradshaw touchdown that put my oh. opponent over the top on Monday Night Football at the very end of the championship week. Like I had it up until that touchdown too, and then it was like, oh, uh, wow. I, you know, I was trying to think of this one myself and trying to decide. You know, is there a moment like I really screwed up bad enough in high school or college I would go back and like redo? And then like I was like, no, all of them were kind of like funny enough where like. Yeah, me, and my friends, or Katie, we might joke about them and laugh, but it's like it, it's funny, it's memorable. My, my worst fantasy football loss is just like I hate even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, real quick too. Uh, so it, the year is oh man, what is it? Twenty eighteen. Todd Gurley's original breakout season, junior mm -hmm. year of college. Um, Love Todd Gurley. Maybe it was Todd Gurley's second. I don't know. It, it was one of his great years. I had him both years in my home league. And this is a competitive-ass home league. I mean, I just had everyone that year. Adam Thielen, Tariq Cohen, and Jordan Howard on that like great Dolly year. Um, George Kittle on his breakout year. That year that like Jared Goff was somehow just a beast. And in the fantasy championship, I had Todd Gurley injured. And you know, all week I'm hearing John Kelly's the guy. I pick up John Kelly. I play John Kelly. Ends up being my opponent plays uh, CJ CJ Anderson. Is it yeah. plays, plays yeah. CJ yeah. Anderson? John Kelly gets me two points. CJ Anderson gets him twenty eight. Wins him the league. And I'm just like, 
sitting here. I'll never have a team that good. I'll oh, never have it. That is brutal. I, that, is the, that is the worst. But, but guys, hopefully we're here to, to help people, you know, not have, have these incidents. <laughs> but they are, you know, as shitty as they are, they are still funny to look back on. Um, all of your guys' stories were great, so I appreciate you guys sharing those. Um, two more would-you-rather questions to round us out tonight. Would you rather – and I know – you can call me a hypocrite on this one. Um, would you rather rest of season if healthy? Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, or Elijah Mitchell? We are in a make-believe land now. Um, but more just because I don't know the status of Mitchell or or uh, or DeAndre Swift. You can go first on this one, Dan. Yeah, I'll go I'll go Mitchell. I just think he's been he's been the the more uh, consistent. Um, guy went healthy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I know that Swift is obviously the, the much bigger, um, much bigger name uh, for everyone. But I, I, I would prefer uh, for the rest of the season uh, going with uh, with Mitchell, who has some really good, uh, um, a really good schedule coming up as well. So that's my vote. Yeah, for me, oddly enough, Nazi is third on this list. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, partly that's partly due to he has the worst schedule of the three in the fantasy playoffs. I actually lean Swift if he's healthy. He's got in week 16 and 17, he's got the Falcons and the Seahawks, week 16 and 17, who both give up tons of points on the ground and through the air to running backs. Um, Najee just the Steelers offense has been just not great. Boring. It's been it's boring. Been, it's been bad. It was, a little, it was a little better over the weekend. It was a little Yeah, better. I just, you know, I, I love Najee Harris. I don't buy into the whole, like, oh, his yards per is down, so he's terrible. I don't buy into that. I haven't won a few teams, and I've loved him. His right? yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, Elijah Mitchell has, I mean, I, I remember hearing from Ray G. Hugh over the summer, who's the next James Robinson? He said Elijah Mitchell, and that's what he reminds me of this year. What he's doing when he's been, when he's been healthy, he just continues to produce, and they also have a really good playoff schedule. So I, I but I'm I'm taking Swift at the top. Um, you know, I think Mitchell has a little bit more of a, he has a little bit more when he's healthy of a secure opportunity share when compared to Swift. Um, yeah. Jamal Williams is healthy, but I mean Swift can Swift can put up a forty point game any given week, especially against those opponents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I will say, Scott, you need to pat yourself on the back, too, because I don't remember if it was a pre-draft or just after the draft show, but we did a show, a Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week draft edition, where you mentioned Elijah Mitchell as a guy to pay attention to coming into the season. Oh, I do remember that. I, I, I think that right. been pre-draft. I, I'm going to be honest. I think it was pre-NFL draft that you mentioned his name because we were throwing some darts that day, I remember. Um so hats off to you as well for, for naming Elijah Mitchell. Because you named him that day, I have him in about three or four dynasty leagues undrafted. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. You've saved a couple of one. one. There you go, baby. Um, but but I'm going to agree with you guys here. Uh, well, I'm going to agree with Dan at least. I'm going Elijah Mitchell rest of the season. He's been RB7 since week seven on a points-per-game basis. His counterparts, DeAndre Swift, RB13. Najee Harris, RB14. So, you know, Harrison Swift, you know, kind of pick your poison there. 
I, I think I do lean with Scott that I think the upside is there for DeAndre Swift. Um, but but I think overall, Mitchell is a freaking, like, he's a missile, man. Jeff Wilson has not been the guy. Um, hopefully, hopefully Mitchell gets back this week. I, I really hope I'm going to be leaning on him here in week 15 in a couple leagues. So, um, man, what a great waiver claim he was. I will say, I mean, with Mitchell, I mean, as far as like the 49ers backfield, which was, you know, much discussed coming into the year about this backfield, it's always yeah. hard to tell. It's pretty clear now. I mean, Wilson's not the guy. Trey Sermon's on IR. Hasty is a change of pace guy. They might um, draft another guy like just to back up Mitchell. I know, but you, I think you, you might be swaying my decision is what I'm saying. I mean, Mitchell is the guy. More so than we thought, I think, any yeah. 49er running yeah. back would be the guy this year. So yeah. It was always just revolving door, and it has not been really this whole season. Mitchell's taken over. Um, man, it, it, it's crazy to, to think where we are now compared to when we were drafting Trey Sermon and, uh, and uh, man, I can't even remember, Raheem Mostert, you know, top 10 rounds, both of them. Mm-hmm. Guys, last one here for you. Would you rather, um, you know, there's last place punishments in every league. Do you, uh, real quick before I ask the questions, do you do any of you guys have any last place punishments in any of your leagues? Um, I, I have two main home leagues that I've been in for a long time, and I, neither of them do. They're pretty tame leagues as far as, as far as you know, punishments or, mm-hmm. you know, like showing up at the live draft. Right, for code or whatever. Right. Oh uh, yeah, for my for my home league, we do for our home league. We actually have a a last place commissioner, uh, who gets to pick the uh, the punishment for the person that gets last place. Uh, last year, it was they had to uh, dress up in a maid outfit and get everyone uh, drinks and food whenever they asked for it during the draft. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. So, cool. but, but yeah, yeah, we're 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 close bunch. Most of us have known each other, you know, for over a decade so it's all in good fun though so um my oldest league going back it's called keg kane's extraordinary gentleman kane being the town we grew up in um and it's funny because i remember the first year we like kind of rejuvenated this league when we all got back into college we all always kind of had like a a version of this league but we really like submitted it when we got to college and i remember we, we voted on on the last place punishment and one was like run through campus naked or, you know, all these other punishments. We ended up settling on last place has to buy a keg for the rest of the guys. So that's been a lot of fun. We still have a couple people. We just, we don't get, all get together enough. So we have a couple of them that are still owed. Um, but my, my best friend got last this year. So he's going to be paying up this year. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> guys, question is though, last place punishment, would you rather do the Waffle House challenge for those of you who do not know what that is you go to a waffle house for 24 hours every waffle you eat you take off one hour of time would you rather have to do the waffle house challenge or survive in the woods with nothing but a knife and matches for one night one night in the woods say Um, p.m to turn around let's say 10 to a.m that's the thing i mean i love waffles but that just that just sounds that sounds awful. Like it sounds like I would eat way too many waffles and maybe throw up all over a waffle house. And- Definitely, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I feel like with a machete and some matches, I could get, I could pretty easily get a fire going. Um, and I'll, I'm gonna choose. Yeah, I camp a lot. I'm choosing the night, the forest thing. Yeah, the woods. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Choosing the woods, and then once the night's over, I'm going to a waffle house and getting an appropriate <laughs> amount of waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. Like honestly, you could make like a little lean to out of out of some trees and like make a fire. I've watched yeah. Survivor. I've watched other you know survival shows. Yeah, there's a pretty good how-to episode of The Office if you're interested, where Michael Scott shows you how to survive in the wilderness. You should. Oh, have I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I I love that. I I think I think the Waffle House one would honestly like you're gonna be set back like a day or so. Like I think you could get up the next day like. You could get some better content, I think, out of like the survival one. No, I've never heard anyone doing that. I was just kind of thinking of like cool last place punishments. And I think like that's one we might have to instill maybe in like a future like IBT league or maybe the the Minshew best ball dynasty league we're all best in. Best ball that isn't best ball. <laughs> yeah. The best, oh. the best ball league. Uh, guys. hundred yeah, percent. That'd be great. Last place punishments in those leagues would be fantastic. Well, we're gonna do it because because I know our co our colleague Nate he uh he he's currently in last place so okay. we we're need good, to, we it. need to motivate him guys. Any final piece of advice heading into you know not just the final stretch of the fantasy football season, but it's a tough time. Like let's be honest, we're all super busy right now. I appreciate both of your time tonight, um, Scott. I know you have kids, Dan. You have Katie and and everything you guys are doing over at Champions Round. But mm -hmm. any final advice as we head out here into the world? Uh, Fantasy-wise, set your lineups, even if you're not in the playoffs, please. Yeah. Don't give up. Just continue to set your lineups. You don't need to make waiver claims. You don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But fill out a lineup. Still try and win. Um, Life-wise, uh, I mean, it's the holidays are coming up. Um, make sure, especially if you do a lot of – family and friends and a lot of socializing and that kind of thing find your times for yourself find your mm -hmm. times for your for your self-care find your times if you just need to go walk around with some earphones and blast some music whatever it is uh, make sure you find that time for yourself i love that dan uh kind of bounce off what, on the fantasy uh, side of what scott said uh, it's okay to say no, you know, because a lot of people like, you know, give up and don't set lives anymore once they're out of it because they're in too many leagues. So, uh, you know, it's okay if you, if you, you know, someone asks you to, to play and you decline because, you know, at a certain point, if you get too many leagues, in my opinion, you know, it stops being fun. You're just like a robot, just like setting waivers for two hours a night and it's not, it isn't as fun as it should be. Uh, so just let, you know, but just know your limit and, and, and be okay with, with maybe not doing as many as, as, as you want to do. Uh, and for life, you know, like you said, the holidays, everyone's like running around stressed out. So just uh, have a little patience with people. And yeah, everyone's, you know, stressed. You know, it's the first like big holiday after, after you know, COVID. People are getting back together and everything. And nothing is ever going to work out the way everyone always plans it, you know. So just, you know, make sure to, even for yourself, you know, show, show yourself and, and others like a little patience and everyone will have a better holiday, I think. I love that. I love that, Dan. I think you said something. I think you said something similar in our tips column as well. You can check that over out at inbetweenmedia.com. Dan, Scott, I really appreciate that advice. M my final words of wisdom here for heading into week 14 is just, and this is not fantasy advice. It's just simply life advice is 
listen to advice of others. I mean, there are so many people I, I will say, um, whenever I feel like, you know, I'm questioning myself or my path, you know, I often consult in other people and Dan and Scott, you guys are both people in this industry that I've, I've seeked advice on different things. And, you know, there are a lot of people in this industry and just the media space in general that I've consulted with. And it really does make me feel a lot better at the end of the day. I know I'm on the right path and, you know, c- consulting other people, whether it's for fantasy advice or life advice, you know, there's no shame in that guys. Um, you know how we roll here in between media. Um, so continue to do that. I, I just urge you um, if you're ever struggling, you know where to reach us, please. If you're ever struggling mentally, we've talked about this recently, get professional help. But at, at the end of the day, um, we're going to be here for you guys the rest of the season. We got a couple episodes left, so you can't get rid of us that quickly. Scott, Dan, what an absolute pleasure. Want to shout out our guy Kyle in the back end. Dan, what's going on Champions Round that we need to know as we head out, man? Oh, well, you know, the, the season's, you know, like winding down. We have a couple more uh, weeks to go. We're going uh, to the Super Bowl, then we're going to start on some uh, some fun offseason content. Uh, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like right now because it's our first kind of uh, like offseason like full go but it's it's exciting so i can't wait to show you guys the the new stuff we were we're going to be working on awesome well dan it's an absolute pleasure to have you on man we appreciate your time and everything you do for us here at in between media scott always appreciate the mondays pulp fantasy all the good content the data you're putting out for us here in between media i salute you man all our listeners readers live stream audience. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week 14. Good luck. And we'll be back next week. Same place, same time. Until then, keep it in between. The in-between fantasy football podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person and become a better human.